Mic check, mic check. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pound the Rock. That's the name of this podcast, right? My guest today, Cameron, who is, uh, you know, taking kind of the reins over for me in the sports medicine world at Midwestern University. Good friend of mine. And, uh, has something that he can offer and bring to the table in terms of basketball knowledge, even though he likes college way more than most people should. Go ahead, Cameron, introduce yourself. As Mike said, my name is Cameron. Uh, I like college football specifically. I don't know if I'm a huge college basketball fan compared to the NBA, but, um, but you know, I like the passion behind college, so it makes sense to me. It doesn't really make sense to Mike for some reason, but college is dumb. Anyway, um, what I wanted to do in this episode was go over some highlights of that first quarter of games of NBA action. My wonderful brain has decided to call this episode first quarter, you know, good little basketball homage there. So Cameron, let's start out with uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Oh boy. Obviously the feel good story, Carmelo Anthony, you know, Doing doing mellow things. Stay mellow. Stay in a seven zero. You know. Yeah. What do you think of his performance thus far? Of of Carmelo. Yes. You know that's an interesting. That is, I think, like obviously one of the big storylines that's kind of been discussed so far. I think that it, maybe before he was signed with them, I was kind of in the you know give somebody else a chance camp because you know he's he's getting older. He's mellow. Yeah, but he hasn't had success on his, like, you know, last couple teams that he's been on. Now, honestly, ever since he, you know, was with the Knicks, he just kind of fell off. And I don't know if it's because, you know, like Denver had a really good system for him to play in that allowed him to excel or if it's just like an age thing or if it's his play style. But, you know, I, I wasn't expecting much of him. And uh, I definitely, like, think that there's a lot of hype that's going into that, too. You know like, what's interesting to me that I found? Sorry to cut you off. No, he he has the same stats right now, essentially, as he did in his tenure with the Thunder and through the first ten games in Houston. Hmm. It is all just about the narrative, the teammates, and like his role, because Portland needed him to be this type of mellow. Houston didn't want him to be this type of mellow, and Oklahoma City didn't know what the hell they wanted. Yeah, I don't think Oklahoma City is – man, they've really fallen off the face of the earth. They have just shuffled everything. Yeah. They could have had KD, Westbrook, and Harden together for the long haul. Literally three MVPs. But would it like would they be three MVPs if they were all on the same team? No, of course not. But it's fun to think about. It's yeah. Fun to think but, about. yeah, it's because each person has their own – you know, leadership role on their respective teams. So if you try to, like, you can't have them all achieve, like, their ceiling if they're playing on the same team just because I don't think that their play styles would allow them to do that. Could you imagine, like, if our Valley boys, the Phoenix Suns, drafted three back-to-back-to-back MVPs and didn't keep any of them? Mm. I feel like we've done Yeah, it'd be fitting for us. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's. I think that has happened. 
It has not. Definitely I mean, not. not not to that extent, not to the level of MVPs, but like you look at some of the players the Suns had at one point and then passed on. Uh, they had you know like the chance to draft Curry, they chose not to. Uh, All they had to do was give up Amari, and we gave him up anyway. Yeah, I know. So that kind of sucked, but well, I mean, we made him a, a contract offer that was sort of like it was like two million less than he wanted. Yeah, it was embarrassing. To it was one of those <laughs> things where it's like. <laughs> No, seriously, it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, we're going to offer you a contract as like a gesture, but it's not going to be a contract that you are going to want to take. So you're actually going to go elsewhere. And that's awesome. It's our way of telling you we don't want you back. Yeah. It's just like a, a gentleman's, you know, out of respect for what you've done. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of sad. But yeah, I, I didn't expect Carmelo Anthony to, you know, not that he's lighting the world on fire or anything like that, but he's playing well. He's you thought he playing. was so essentially. You thought he was trash. Is that is that was, accurate? But um, but everybody was making such a big deal about it. And didn't he technically come out of retirement? Like I know he wasn't like officially retired, but he wasn't playing for anybody. Uh, was he cut? Is that what happened? Or he was waived? Yes. So you, when when that happens, usually it's hard to come back and and keep a spot on the team and stay productive. And he was able to do that. Again, I think it's I think it is a little overhyped. Like they they named him what was it Western Conference yep. player or something like that his first week. Player back. of the week, yep. But I mean, if you look at other players that week, they were more well, worthy candidates. Obviously, LeBron could win that award every week, but you know, no one wants that. Well, I think yeah, I think like Harden was averaging over forty five points a game that week. Yeah, but that's not fun, you know. That's not it's not exciting. Yeah, mellow. So you're you're completely on this hype train then. This no, I don't want to be. It's just you know I'm basic. <laughs> Got to enjoy that mellow train. Then, I saw him play against us a few a uh, few days ago. Oh yeah, enjoyable. you went. To, how was it? Oh, that was the game that we lost. Yeah. By, yeah. Like by one, really... one point. Yeah, the referees. Uh... God, what was that? They called a foul on Baines, or they called a goaltending on Baines, and then they had to go back and review that. And then, for the record, I was right on both of those calls. I was wrong about the charge, though. So, whatever. That Kelly Oubre three was not just if you charge call. What, what was the charge call? Are you talking about the one where Baines stepped right in front of it and yeah, just sliding? Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Actually, in that situation, if you're if you're Aaron Baines, why don't you just try to block that shot? Apparently he leads the league in charges, so that's what he does. I don't know. I feel like in that situation, if it's so bang bang and it's like such a nitpicky play, just go up and block him. And if you foul him, you foul him. It's gonna be. It was gonna be a foul anyway. You know, it was, it was quite sad. Quite sad. Quite sad. You know what I thought was a really funny highlight of the first quarter was um, when Embiid had that offer night. Oh, oh God. That was just depressing. I think it's he, late. he looked beaten down. <laughs> he looked like he forgot how to play basketball. Well, I think that's the funny part is that he talks so much shit. Hey, this is a family podcast. All right. Oh. Can't be cursing, bitch. We don't have a censor? Uh Who's you there? can you can you can make a censor if you'd like. Beep. Just All right, there we go. A little bit improper timing, but we'll count it. It's a little delayed. It's on the tape delay, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, 
so so that was really funny in my opinion just because you know he's a big smack talker he loves to get in people's heads and then he just goes and lays the biggest fattest goose egg it was a disgusting goose egg i thought it was hilarious too even mrs free throws yeah oh my gosh yeah I, I think I'm gonna pull his line. I think he was. It says he was 0 for 11, 0 for 4 from beyond the arc, 0 for 3 from the line. He had four turnovers and five fouls. And it was the first time he was ever held scoreless in his entire career. Against Mark Gasolina and the Toronto Raptor. So Toronto is playing better than I thought they would. Yeah, surprisingly. Siakam fifth right now. Siakam doing Siakam doing good things. You know. Uh, Aaron in our class is friends with him, right? He's friends with him? Yeah, they went to they both went to New Mexico State. Oh. And he played on the basketball team and, and that's where Pascal Siaka went to college. Oh. And those kind friends. of last year when he was blown up. And like I, I think I found it because Yeah, I don't even I don't even remember how I discovered that. But I, I brought it up and he's like, Yeah, we go back. And I was like, damn. We go back. Oh, okay. You and Pascal got it. No, not me and Pascal. No, no, no. I'm aware. Yeah, no, definitely not you. That's, that's preposterous. Yeah, no, like he follows him on Instagram and everything. Wow. Yeah. That is the important newsworthy information, you know, who follows that's him on Instagram. This podcast is to gossip about Instagram followers. I no longer have one of those. Followers? That's sad. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. No followers either. Although we had 27 people listen to the most recent episode. Really? So those, those 27 of you, whoever you are, thank you. And I don't deserve any of that. Why? Now, why? Because this podcast you know, is trash. Just kidding. It's great. Self-depreciating. Self-deprecating. There's no I in that word. Anyway. Let's see here. You know, I, I was hesitant to do this. Just because, you know, I, I don't want to be biased. But I do want to talk about the Phoenix Suns in egregious detail. Um, so, you are a Suns fan like I am. Yes. And you have been privy to our recent decade of shit. Yeah, I thought this was a family podcast. Give me the beep. Beep. Thank you. And I, you know, I was so excited for the start of this season. And even though we're now like eleven and fifteen, it's still fun, dude. We're only we're only a game out. I know, and I just want Booker to come back. Aiton's back. I didn't like how he turned his ankle right away. That was not great, but he still had a double double when he get back. Yeah, but explain to me how you lose to a team that you beat at the beginning of the season without. It's the, it's the Clippers. What do you want? I don't know. I, I think I don't know. I was, of course, not, I wasn't expecting us to win. Are you kidding me? I always expect them to win. I, I don't know. It's kind of it's weird to think her, but I always. I mean, I know they can do it because they have done it, but in the past. So why? No, no, no. You got to you got to have the feel of the Phoenix Suns. Like my friend had uh, made a wager, you know, on the Portland game, mm-hmm. and he was texting me throughout the whole time. He was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm gonna lose this when the Suns were up 15." And I was like, listen, you know as well as I do, we might as well be down two at this point. <laughs> so, and we lost. <laughs> so you got to know the team. You know, I, I know my sons better than most people. 
I'm not I'm not going to be how do you say like blind to it. I know that we're not outstanding, but we've definitely had a great start to the season, all things considered. I thought when Aiton was suspended for 25 games, we were going to go 0 and 25. Personally, yeah, and then before Super Banes, Super Banes came onto the scene there. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that they're unfortunately kind of coming back down to earth, especially lately. I think what they've lost four in a row. Yeah. And, uh, it hasn't been extremely enjoyable. And they've had some close games. And also, I think Raps. this is a an interesting concept to dive into is, is the refereeing. Uh, Horrendous. Well, I think there's a reason for that. Why? And I don't I don't think that it's necessarily a betting thing like it was in the past, although apparently that does happen. Yes, and it does. When Donaghy was betting on the games, I, I heard this recently, it wasn't so much, you know, we're going to call more fouls on this team so that they lose the game. It was more of like they would communicate with the bookies, the people that were placing the money, placing the bets, and saying, look, in our referee meeting, this is what we talked about. They are going to you know, hone in on this player who te- you know, has an attitude typically or this player who you know, is known for you know, charging blah, blah, blah. So he'll, he would give them the insight on those kinds of things, and that's how they would cheat in that sense. It's not like they were calling extra fouls on, on one team or anything like that. It was more so they just gave them insight to how the game would be called one way versus the other because the refs do talk about that. They have meetings before – uh, before all the games, they come in and they say, look, here are the two teams that were, you know, officiating tonight. Here is what happened the last time they were playing together and they were officiated. This is how the refs called it. This is what they would have changed in terms of the way they made their calls based on player tendencies and personalities, all that kind of stuff. So you actually have, you know, you're like a fly on the wall in, in that sense because you know how the referees are going to call a game. So, for example, something like a Baines charge, you know, what do they call a blocking foul versus a charge if it's bang, bang and, you know, what you call on the floor, obviously, when it goes to you know replay review and it becomes you know indisputable, you can't really do anything about that. But, um, but I don't know. can I think... we talk about that that one putback dunk that Aaron Baines had in the Portland game uh-huh. that they didn't even let us challenge, which was clearly off the rim, and they called offensive interference, which would have made us win by one instead of lose by one. Obviously, yeah. in a perfect yeah, there, world, there were two calls like that that they didn't. Yes, yes, I saw both of those. So what do you think are those Suns-related tendencies that the refs are being a little bit more biased towards? Well, I mean, if there is something going on, you know, maybe like betting or something like that, I think it's fair to say that because the Suns are so bad, the referees are automatically going to call things that are not in the Suns' favor because it's sort of an easy bet to make. Does that make sense, or was that a little confusing? Cause... No, it does make sense. It's just it's a lot to assuage on somebody or on a – on a like a claim big claim and i don't think the suns the the suns are starting to kind of revamp their image they're not just that bad team anymore i think like i think Ubre has helped us a lot with that personally and and obviously monty but i don't know it's just constantly over the years i've just been so incensed with the referees that it's just i think it's the eye test honestly it's you know as as a fan of Unfortunately, as a fan of teams that just suck so bad, <laughs> you don't get any breaks. And you you don't really don't. Public, And it's one of those things where, you know, you might not mess up as much as you used to, but in the event that you do mess up, everybody's, everybody knows about it. Like, 
there was a situation this year. So I'm a Rutgers fan, right? Rutgers, uh, college football and basketball and all that stuff. And they're just really, really awful. And they've been awful for X number of years. They're the worst team in the Big Ten. Everything's awful, right? Um, anytime they do something goofy, like like they scored a touchdown this year, which was really surprising. And when <laughs> they, they were so excited about it that the center, I don't know if you saw this video, it went viral, but the center like punched the quarterback in the face. Nope, didn't see that. He was just so excited. He was, you know, swinging his arm around like they jumped up, hugged him, and then he just punched him right in the face. He had his helmet on, but like just a straight palm right to the face mask. And uh, that was viral. They're like, oh, the Rutgers can't even celebrate right, you know? And it's so like, <laughs> you know, they just jump on that, that hate train. It's like it's an eye test thing where it's, you know, based on what the media tells you, based on what you've seen in the past, the Suns are always, you know, at the bottom of the league. They haven't made the playoffs since, you know, 2012 or 11 or whatever. 2010. 2010. Um, so, obviously, when something like that happens, passively, you're just like, yeah, it's the Suns. What do you expect? So, if Baines puts back a dunk that may or may not be in the cylinder still, your default is going to be, yeah, there's probably no way that he does that because that's what good teams do, and he's not on a good team. I don't know. I might be reading way, way too much into that, but I do think that there is some type of subconscious bias that goes into that. When you know – you know, when you know that you're going to ref a game between the lowly Suns, like that's probably not super exciting for the officials. Even oh. though the Suns had a better re- have a better record than teams historically great like the Spurs or the Blazers, it's yep. like it's just so. Uh, and we probably sound like two angry Suns fans right now, which is a stereotype, but I don't care because I am angry about it, and it makes I, I it not it fun. Reasonable. It's not. I don't think it's unreasonable. First of all, and you look at the Blazers. I mean, they were in the playoffs last year. Um, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. Exactly. So, with that, you know, when you're officiating a game between the Blazers and the Suns, I feel like subconsciously, even though the Blazers are only a half game better than the Suns right now, I think that you're going to that there's that subconscious bias that plays into it. You know, in but, my mind, if we're if we're starting, or not starting, but if we're playing, let's say Javon Carter on Damian Lillard throughout most of the fourth quarter, we have no business being competitive in that game. Like, we're, we were up 15 on a full, relatively full-strength Blazers. Sure, they're without Nurkic and Collins, but they got Whiteside. They got Mellow. They have reinforcements, you know. Oh, and Rodney Hood is out, too. Sure, whatever. But, like, they still have Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum. We should not, without Booker and Aiton, be up 15 on them. So I'm proud of that. But at the same time, it's just so heartbreaking. And, and yet expected. It's really yes, yes, yes. And how many times did we see that last year? You know, it happened a lot last year. Suns are up big. Remember the remember the Celtics game yeah, at home, beginning of the season. What was the lead there? It was like it was almost a thirty point lead, and they blew it. Yeah, but it's it, you know what I think it's a it's a couple things. Obviously, the Suns still lack proper depth to be a competitive team in the West, and I think it's also a testament to how good of a coach Monty Williams is to even have them in that spot. And I think that, you know, you could kind of argue the same about Kokoshkov last year um, because they boy. were in similar positions. But That's my boy. But they just couldn't close out last year. And I think they're kind of learning how to close out. They're getting better at it. But, again, even the players, I think they had the subconscious belief that, like, yeah, even though we're 15, we're still going to lose the game because we're the Suns, even though that didn't <laughs> be the narrative. But it's, it exists. To be fair, they're, so, if, and I'm referencing the Portland game a lot, but, you know, recency bias, bias, I was just there. At one point, we were up eight. And then Portland scored like nine unanswered. So we were fine. We it was our first. Um, we like they took the lead for the first time in the game, 
And everybody in the stadium was, like, getting antsy and being like, take a timeout, Monty, what are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And even I was like, dude, just call a timeout. We have no momentum. But he didn't. And then Cam Johnson immediately pick and pop three, back up two. And I was like, wow, that is that is different. <laughs> we did not used to be able to do that. You know, in the good old days of the Suns basketball, we would lose a lead and then be down 20, and then the game is over. Yeah, because right. But they would, you know, not have that belief that they could accomplish, you know, closing out that game. I think. Correct. So that's interesting, for sure. Yeah. Interesting first quarter development. It's going to take a lot of time to, I think, undo, undo that, that, uh, God, I'm thinking of. Reputation? Yeah, the, the you know, the, the brand, like when you think about it, your first thought of the Suns, oh my God, yeah, they're bad. You, but it, it takes a special kind of person to undo that. And I almost think Kelly Oubre is the kind of the right guy. You know, he's not the best player on the team by far, but, you know, he's got so much energy and heart and, and that thing that can make you forget that the Suns are the Suns, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, like his dunk over Paul George. Oh, yummy. yummy, yummy. That's, that's pretty crazy. And, you know, even, even though you lost the game, it's still making a statement. All the Twitter, the- all the Twitter comments saying Kelly greater than Paul George. I'm like, yes, yes. Or Kelly next. I was like, wow, okay. It's a big statement. Wow. Yeah, no, it's, it's stuff like that that's going to undo it, you know. And hate to talk about Rutgers again, but same thing with Rutgers and Greg Shannon. They were laughing stock before somebody with a lot of energy and a lot of passion comes in and almost makes you believe their own vision is the truth. I wish I could say I know what you're talking about, but unfortunately I'm unfamiliar with Rutgers. Count your blessings that you're unfamiliar with Rutgers. <laughs> what I am familiar with, though, is that the Celtics are a trash basketball team, and they are outperforming expectations, in my opinion. They, you think they're they have always been trash. And my, how I've always said this, the Celtics just never know how bad they are. They play mm. well. But at their core, they're a bad team. Like they're, Why do you they they have bad players. Kemba's good. Dude. Kemba's good. Jalen Brown, great. He just doesn't play like it yet. He's better than he thinks he is. Tatum is not better than he thinks he is. Tatum is not good. Hayward is, you know, up and down. I want him to succeed, and he does. He's just been injury prone lately. But you know, I'm hopeful. And they have no center at all. And then their bench well, is just a couple, like a bunch of dudes that like nobody really knows, but everyone kind of likes, like Taco Falls of the world, or Carson Edwards, or the Time Lord, or the Space Lord. Like, who 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 cares about any of these people, honestly? And Cantor. <laughs> so, the the Celtics are not a good team, in my opinion. I feel like they're going to get a second round exit. You think so? See, that's that's an interesting thing to talk about because. I think what you're describing in this scenario is a good team. Empirically, they they work together as a team to win games. That's what is. Yes, but they're you never. Know, you're never going to see them win a title. But see, that's where the question of you know where's your superstar, where's your big three, where where do those people come in? And it's hard. Again, it's hard to do that. I think the Warriors are seriously the only team to ever successfully have a quote unquote big three. Yeah, maybe Miami did too back in the beginning when they started it, but it was rough for the first couple seasons. You know, the last like team team that like wanted the basketball game without like anyone being by themselves amazing that I can think of are the Pistons in 04. Yeah, I can't even think back that far. Phillips, Hamilton, uh, 
what's it, Wallace, Rashid, and Ben, and um, Tor and Tayshawn Prince. Like all those were the starters, and they just clamped everybody. Like you mm-hmm. couldn't score. Billups is your best player, and yeah, Billups is great and everything, but he's not like a Steph or a LeBron or like even a Giannis. Like in my opinion, the Milwaukee Bucks, what they're doing is good. And if Giannis can keep playing like that, then no one's going to stop him. But Celtics are trash, basically. That's the point of that little essay. Do you think do you think the Celtics are going to make a second round exit? Easily. Depending on who they play. Uh, if they play someone like Brooklyn or Orlando in the first round, they'll beat them. But they, they'll lose to Indiana, Toronto, Philly. Um, who else? Is you think Toronto? Oh, they're gonna they're gonna lose handily to Toronto. Are you kidding me? Hmm. Toronto's good. They are good, but how much better or slash worse do they get with Kawhi leaving? I mean, they're not gonna win a championship now, but at the same time, they still have their foundation in place. OG Ananobi can play Kawhi Leonard's role moderately okay. <laughs> it's just Siakam being the guy now instead of Kawhi. So take that what you may. Yeah, interesting. Is Van Vliet still with them? Yeah, he's been playing out of his mind. He's doing well. Yes, but that's the thing. Are they? When you say playing out of their mind, you're implying that at some point they're going to come back down. Yes, obviously. So maybe the Raptors aren't as good as you say they are. Well, I'm never wrong, am I? Well, that's also something to consider. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Milwaukee or Philly comes out of the East. Philly, I'm not really convinced, though. They, they don't play as well as they should. I feel like Philadelphia doesn't deserve to have sports teams. That's a big claim. Do you want to want to keep going on that one? Yeah. I mean, have you ever interacted with a Philadelphia sports fan? Uh, I'm not going to answer that. I'm just going to let you keep talking. It's you almost feel like fear for your own life. Why? It's I don't know. I don't know why they're so crazy over there. They're in such a a tight, congested part of the country. They're so homogenous, or not homogenous, but. The opposite of that, you know, they're mixed. Heterogeneous with, is the word you're looking yes. for. Yeah, they're mixed <laughs> with New York and maybe Pittsburgh and DC. Like it's all that tight area, right? And yet Philadelphia is so wildly terrifying in terms of athletics that it makes you wonder: is it safe? Is it is it something? Is it safe? Do? Is it safe? Yeah. Did you know that when the Eagles won the Super Bowl in preparation for them potentially winning the Super Bowl? And actually, more so in the in the event that they lost the Super Bowl, the police department in the city of Philadelphia had to grease the light poles in the city so that people wouldn't climb up them and swing around. Well, I mean, what are you gonna what are you gonna do? You know, like it's it's just that's just you know fervor. That's just sports. You know. Did you see when they did win the Super Bowl and everybody was riding in the streets and some dude just picked up horse shit off the ground and ate it? Dude, beep that out, man. Come on. What are you what are you thinking? Thank you. Uh. Uh, I mean, look, man. What you, <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's there, you're gonna eat it. What do you? What do you? <laughs> I, I would not feel safe. I just I can't. I don't know, man. It's are not... these facts or are these like BuzzFeed or Vox? There's stories? a video. Oh, there's an actual videos of this. Okay. And and like, remember the guy who caught the baby burning? In, like, it was in a, a building that was on fire, and he. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes, "Yeah, I was, you know, I caught it. Unlike Aguilar, you know, blah blah." blah yeah, that was funny. Yeah. It's just crazy people. The whole city is full of crazy people. It's like an insane asylum 
for, uh, for let everybody out and allow them to establish their own society for sports. Yeah. There's very, very strong opinions there about Philadelphia. I hope you end up there for residency. I I won't because there's not an army base there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about But yeah, that. my roommate uh my other my roommate that who is also named Mike is from there and he's insane. Yeah, he's strange. He's a strange guy. Yeah, very strange. Don't tell him I said that he'll probably He'll listen to the podcast. Fire against me in some capacity. He'll listen to the podcast. They all do. They all end up listening. This is one of the most popular podcasts uh, I've heard of. You've heard of just this one, I'm assuming. Yes. (laughs) Um, Now you're a featured guest. Congratulations. Now I am a featured guest. I feel honored. Now let's, let's, let's circle back. Let's pick one more team from the West and one more team from the East to dive into, and then we'll wrap things up here in our first quarter. I I know they're at the top right now, but I would love to talk about the Lakers and how they turn around from last year. Okay. Well, you can start uh, that. I have a lot of opinions on the Lakers. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm a little – I mean, who do they add aside from Anthony Davis? Because I honestly did not pay a ton of attention they to – They have Dwight Howard, who is resurging his career. Yeah. Have... Okay, that's another thing. It's like, where did he come from? He looks different. He looks, like, very thin. And I know his hairstyle is different, but, like – he doesn't play like Dwight Howard anymore. He plays like a, I don't know, like a, um, I'm blanking completely, like a Bismack Biombo or something. Like he, I don't even. That's not a good. That's not a good comparison. <laughs> no, he doesn't deserve to be compared to anybody. Who does he? He plays like a different player altogether now. Oh, Ed Davis. He's playing like Ed Davis now. There you go. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense no. to me because he was Dwight freaking Howard. You know, he's like a Hall of Famer, back to the basket, post up guy. And now he's, like, shooting threes and, like, running to the rim. And that's weird. It is weird. And who did they just lose to the other, like, last night? Indiana. Oh, my God. They lost to Indiana. Indiana's good, though. Was it Indiana? I don't know. Might have yeah, been. yeah. It was, it was Indiana. Indiana's good. TJ Warren's playing out of his mind. Yeah, until he gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Lakers is crazy to me that um, I just I think people I don't like I don't like the level of autonomy that LeBron has to be quite honest with you. I mean I don't think many people do. I just don't like how he was literally in a group chat with Rob Palinka and Anthony Davis and Palinka, like the little swine that he is, was like, "Is this player good?" And then he was like, "Yeah" or "No." Like, how about you just like make some decisions, Rob Palinka, as the GM. And then tell your players, this is the team. Like, sure, it's working or whatever, but it's not how you make a team, man. Like, the Clippers, and I was just talking to my roommate about this. The Clippers, yeah, they got uh, Kawhi, yeah, they got PG, but they re-signed the bulk of their team, which is good. It creates continuity, you know? And now you got Anthony Davis saying things like, oh, I still don't even know what I'm going to be doing this summer. Like, you just literally shaped this roster around these two knuckleheads. And now one of them saying like, eh, I don't really know yet. <laughs> that's not how you do it. And, but that's how. And they all think that they deserve to be this great, great team because they're the Lakers. Like, do you even know what city the Lakers started in? I'm sure you they do. Were, yeah, like somewhere in Minnesota. Was it Minneapolis? Minneapolis. Yeah, how many lakes are in Los Angeles, Cameron? Hmm. Well, after the recent droughts, I think that number's probably gone from zero to... It's still probably zero. 
Actually, I, that, that is not true. There is one large lake, I think, that they get their water from. Okay. It's got to be or something like that. Okay. Let me actually look at something. So the this is important. Los Angeles Lake. Is that, is that <laughs> the new team? I'm, I'm actually looking this up right now on, on maps. I'm checking out the... My point is they have so many bandwagon fans who are just like, oh, yeah, Lakers, we deserve to be amazing because we're the Lakers. <laughs> like, Yeah, that, that angers me. <laughs> Good, it should. It's the, same, it's the same with, you know, all the Los Angeles teams, all of them. Not the, the Clippers. Dodgers. Well, that, okay, but the Clippers are like. Not a real Los Angeles team. Well, in a way, like they've been second rate for so long. And then when they went through that whole CP3, Blake Griffin sort of revival that the franchise all of a sudden existed, uh, maybe like it, I don't know, it just hasn't attracted the level of or the type of fan that is, you know, clung to the Lakers or the Dodgers or in some senses, the Kings when they're good. Like, not that, like Sacramento Kings. Are I, know, I know, I know, I um, know. But, oh my God. But yeah. Did you find a lake yet? Uh, yeah, there is the cast. I don't know how to say this. Castaic. Castaic. Lake. All right. It's by Clarita. Cool. There is, fortunately, oh, I guess there's uh, tiny lakes in Los Angeles. Looks like they're part of communities. Uh-huh. There's a lake up here called the San Gabriel Reservoir, but it looks really tiny. And there's a lake in my uh, neighborhood, too. Should I Should I call my neighborhood the Lakers? Uh, well, your neighborhood is not a sports team, so I would not say so. Then how, but... how am I the starting point guard for my neighborhood? Well, that's probably because there was nobody. They probably don't know they have a team. <laughs> it's just me. You got me. It's just me. So, yeah, I mean, the summary of everything is Los Angeles should change their name. And Philadelphia should exist as a sports town. I hope the Lakers don't continue their success because I don't think it's deserved and I'm excited to see a second round exit doesn't it just make you so angry it's like a kid that you went to school with who you don't like and he's not very talented or very smart but somehow he gets into Harvard because he knows a guy and then he like that's not a great example but no it's not it... <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you mean. I know what like, you mean. Oh wow, you have you have your heritage to pull you back out of the grave that you dug yourself. Yep. You know. And he, LeBron, just shows up and says, eh, "None of you are going to work for me. We're going to have to trade all of you and get Anthony Davis." And then New Orleans just like buckles to it and be like, "All right, we don't have a choice. I guess we'll send him to L.A." No. What are you doing? <laughs> Why did you do that? They essentially just traded one for one Brandon Ingram for Anthony Davis. Ball Lonzo's trash. Josh Hart is insignificant. Who else did they even trade? Like, really, Brandon Ingram for Anthony Davis? That's the deal. Okay, cool. Yeah, they could have gotten so much better from Boston. I think, not even in terms of players, just picks. How do you think LeBron? the GM is going to be because I think that that's kind of the path he's destined for. I hope he just becomes an owner like MJ. So he doesn't just like explicitly do GM duties. Do you think that LeBron owning a team would keep his hands off the roster? Yes. Cause I, I think I, I do not think so. <laughs> <laughs> I that's true. Do. You're right. I had a new thing. I think he'll just get his son to go wherever he's going. Yeah. Yeah. How much longer do you think he's going to play LeBron? 
I guarantee yeah. you he's going to keep going until he plays one year with his son. And then he'll stop. You think just one year? Yeah, for sure. Well, Bron- Bronny's what, like a freshman in high school? I think so. But I think by the time he is old enough, they're going to abolish that college rule. Well, even still, he has minimum three more years left. And LeBron has yeah. like two and a half, two years left on his L.A. deal. Well, okay, here's the other thing, though. If you if you abolish the college rule, then can't you technically just get drafted from high school and not be not yes. to graduate? Yes. So you have to graduate high school. I think you have to graduate high school. Well, that's stupid. They should. Know. That's not stupid. What, you want 14-year-olds in the NBA? Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, some like Euro, think, some dude, EuroLeague stuff. I knew that I would produce, if you're watching, Paul George just slam down like a 13-year-old. Yeah, the meme potential would be great. All the way down. Meme, what? meme potential would be at an all-time high. <laughs> just like, yeah, he's beating up kids now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Ultimately, I want the Lakers to fail, but LeBron, thank you for being on my fantasy team. You sound like you've got a lot of... Pent-up rage, yes. Resentment. Yeah, something... It's Lakers, Spurs, Mavs. Mavs are like the least of it. Spurs, you know, middle, and the Lakers, definitely the most. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, All right, and then East Coast. One more team we should talk about real quick. hmm. Let's let's pick a team that no one's talking about. The Hawks. The Hawks. The, The awful Hawks? The awful Atlanta Hawks, yeah. Let's do it. I don't know why they're so bad. Well, let's take a look at the roster. I can tell aside you it's from, not good from a, from my brain right now. Aside from the Oklahoma kid. Trey Young. Uh, Ice Trey. He's good, but do you think he's taken everything? Uh, no, he, he can't. Like He has to be like a third option for a team to be good, I think. We got mm. Alex Len, the hero of Ukraine. Uh, we got... Dude. Younger than I thought he was. Wow. We got Vince Carter. We got DeAndre Bembry, maybe, still there. John Collins, who's serving his suspension. We got, like, literally every player from last year's draft. (laughs) Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. (laughs) And they're just not putting it together. I don't understand why. They got the Red Rocket. What's his name? Oh, my God. Why am I blanking? Kevin Hoarder. There we go. Oh, my gosh, yeah. They should be better than they are. See? And they got blown out by the Knicks. They got blown out by the Knicks. Yeah. The New York Knicks. Oh, man. Sorry for Are you yawning um, on our podcast? Are you sick of this? Yeah, your, your analysis of the Hawks is boring me. Good. That was a good save. Thanks. Um. Ah, well, they still have Vince Carter. Yeah, it's his last season, though. Oh, man. He's old. He's 42. Dude, how does he play? Trivia for you. Who's the oldest living, or not oldest living, who is the oldest player to play in a basketball game in the NBA? Uh, Awkward uh, silence. Am I, am I guessing an age? No, you're guessing the player. I have no idea. And the age. It's I have no clue. Robert Parrish at age 44. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, then Vince Carter should just stick around for another year and a half. 
Or he'll just come out of retirement at age 55. You see Amari wants to come back and play? Son should pick him up. Anyway. Is he still, is he still in Israel? He just left. Oh. Yes. Well, what would... Can he play? Nah, no, no. <laughs> What's the name? He went to the basketball league. Israeli. Maccabi. Is that what that is? Maccabi Tel Aviv. Yeah. That's probably where he played. Or Haifa. I don't know. Uh, oh, wow. They actually have the Israeli Basketball Premier League. Yeah, Israel's no no, no joke. I'm going there in uh, three days. You are going to Israel in three days? Yes. Why? Why? Because it's free. Oh, you're doing a birthright? Yeah. Wow, you know what that is? You're so cultured. Everybody knows what that is. All right, listeners. Do you know what a birthright trip is? Yeah. <laughs> Thank like, you. Thank you, listeners. Yeah, it was very... Uh, Enthused. The consensus was unanimous. A resounding yes. Resounding yes, of course. All right, so Cameron already gave a brief synopsis, but in this episode, we discussed Carmelo, the Suns, the Trash Lakers, the Trash Celtics, and the Hawks. And a lot of other little details. But, you know, we're just getting started. It's only the first quarter of games. Cameron, anything? any last words here before we re- reconvene for halftime? Yeah, we're going to work on a petition about Philly. Just removing the city as a whole from the union? I, well, I don't think we should remove it because then it would, that would be bad. They would, like, form an army. A transformer. They would maybe a human transformer. They would probably form an army of people who do not, or they're not scared of death. <laughs> that's a terrifying concept. They that's don't terrifying. feel pain. Army. They don't feel pain. They wouldn't in that situation. So, I mean, a little scary there, but we're working on that, I think, is the next important step. I think you can say that the podcast helped make positive change. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm not applying to any Philadelphia residencies, so. Yeah, thanks, thanks for ruining that for me. But if you've never had a cheesesteak, those are pretty good. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah. All right. Thanks sure. for listening to Pound the Rock. I'm thanks Michael. for pounding the rock. Thanks for pounding the rock. Thanks for pounding with us today. <laughs> <laughs>